Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. CJ Stroud finally saw action in a full NFL game. We're going to talk about that when we recap the Texans-Ravens game. Also, the Jets have a needed quarterback, and it turns out that that applies to the Texans in some way, probably. Um, also, Dalton Reisner is doing some flying nowadays, and the Texans have a need at guard. And lastly, we'll look forward to the Texans-Colts game. All that and more on this week's edition of Texans Takes with James Roy. I'm James Roy. Let's get started. Before we get started, if you like what you are seeing here or hearing here or however it is you are receiving this, then if you could like, comment, subscribe, or do whatever it is that you're supposed to do on the platform you're receiving this, I would really appreciate it because it helps out a lot. Thank you. Now, let's really get started. The Texans fell to the Ravens 25-9, to and while the score may make the game seem like it was a little bit of a snooze, there was a lot to be learned from this matchup. And honestly, I think it was a lot closer than people would give it credit for, mainly due to the Texans' defense. But before we get into that, let's talk about C.J. Stroud's performance. Now, C.J. Stroud threw the ball over 40 times, put up 242 passing yards, and completed 28 passes. No touchdowns, no interceptions, and was solidly in eighth in passing yards and ranked pretty all right in, in most statistical metrics. But... Looking at CJ early on, it was very evident that he was playing behind an offensive line that was patched together, and there was actually a point where um, the offensive line was just out of position. George George Fant went down, and uh, the question became, who plays right tackle? And any sensible person who's been following the Texans said, oh, you shift Josh Jones to right tackle, and you put Dieter in at left guard, because that's what a sensible person would have done for one play. They sent Dieter in to play right tackle. I don't know much, but I'm almost certain he has not played any other snap at that position. And I can also tell you with certainty that he will never play another snap at that position, just based off of the fact that he let the edge rusher right by and CJ Stroud was hit with a strip sack, gave the Ravens the ball. Not the smartest decision. I think it shows a young team uh, that's putting it together with a young coaching staff. So, uh, you know, I guess things happened. That was a bit of an egregious error. Really the biggest one in my mind that happened in this game. But that being said, CJ Stroud was not very well protected throughout this game. And so he did, as he has in the past, and as I've said, look a little bit unsettled at first. But when he settled into the pocket, he was making good throws. Um, there were some errant passes, which once again, I would... I would put on the pocket and the protection. But all that to say, C.J. Stroud did not have very good protection. And as was shown through the preseason, when C.J. Stroud is protected, he throws 
excellent passes exactly where they need to be, right on target, darts to only where the receiver can get it. And when he's not, accuracy comes into question. And that showed in this game. But, you know, we saw him complete 28 passes, one of them his first completion to himself. Um, so C.J. Stroud showed true to what we've seen in the past from him. I don't think that that we can really get anything except for that the offensive line just needs to get healthy. Um, I mean, this game in general was, well, I would equate it to a body bag game. There was just so many injuries going on in this game for the Texans that, I mean, I'm just amazed that they went into the half within one point of the Ravens. I feel like the Ravens failed to take advantage of a team that was entirely too injured to, to be in a position to contend, and yet the Texans still pulled through. I mean, they didn't have any of their starting safeties playing. There was there were a lot of factors going against the Texans in this game, and for a significant chunk of the game, they stayed in it, and I commend that. With those injuries, we saw a secondary that was already probably one of the best parts about the Texans prove that it also has depth. Jimmy Ward didn't start the game because he was injured, and Jalen Petrie left shortly into it, so this secondary is deep. There's there's players on this bench that can play. Steven Nelson, Tavier Thomas, and Derek Stingley also held their own. Not a lot of issues with depth there that could have been shown in this game, but they stepped up and played excellent football. Stroud, I thought, had a good game. One of the things that was notably missing was Damian Pierce. 11 rushes is, is a little few for me. Uh, I felt like he could have been used more effectively to jumpstart the offense and to get it going, and instead he was relegated to very few carries from what I expected and just you know a couple of receptions that weren't really worth a whole lot. So in the end, I'd like to see them get Damian Pierce more involved in the future. I think that was to the detriment of C.J. Stroud that he had to throw so many passes. I mean, it's good that they had faith in him to throw so much. I thought that using the run game might establish more offensive movement since we have a player in Damian Pierce who has proven at the pro level to be able to move the ball effectively. Um, and it would have given Stroud the confidence and maybe made the defense question their decision making on when to send blitzes and and opened up Stroud to maybe having a cleaner pocket, even though offensive line play wasn't necessarily excellent. Uh, so I'd like to see more of Damian Pierce here in the coming weeks. Last thing I'll say is, is Will Anderson Jr. and Jonathan Grenard performed excellently as I expected. I was a huge advocate of Jonathan Grenard starting across from Will Anderson Jr., even when a lot of people said that it should or would be Jerry Hughes. And so I got what I wanted and, and positive things came from it. Jonathan Grenard and Will Anderson Jr. each had sacks and had impressive stat sheets and created tear in the backfield. They were a huge reason why the Texans were able to hold Lamar Jackson to what they were able to hold him to. The New York Jets traded for Aaron Rodgers and then did nothing about their offensive line, sat through training camp thinking, oh, this is going to be great, and then let Aaron Rodgers take four dropbacks and then get sacked and rupture, tear, whatever you want to call it, his Achilles is done gone watched it snap on live tv right so with that in mind how do the jets move forward at quarterback they have zach wilson and then who else are they going to stick with zach wilson as starter would they look for someone who could possibly start in his place if they were brought up to speed the reason i bring this up on this texans podcast is because there are a few people unsurprisingly since it was a thought that came to my mind pretty quickly after it happened uh, that suggested, hey, this is the Texans' opportunity to get a good return on Davis Mills. Now, Davis Mills and Zach Wilson were in the same draft class, drafted very far apart, as 
Zach Wilson was the number two overall pick, and Davis Mills was picked in the third round. Davis Mills has proven to be at least a little bit better than Zach Wilson. And so the question is, would it be worthwhile for the Jets to turn a pick, say a third or a fourth round pick, depending on how you value Davis Mills, um, maybe a later pick, a fifth, I don't know. But whatever pick they decide to turn, would it be enough for the Texans and would the, would the Jets want to bring in a guy like Davis Mills to play instead of Zach Wilson? Now, personally, as has been said before, the Texans have Davis Mills on a rookie contract. A solid backup on a rookie contract is a good thing, and you don't really move on from that easily. So the price is probably higher than people think. Additionally, I don't know if the Jets think that Davis Mills is a significant upgrade over Zach Wilson, or at least significant enough to pay the picks that they would have to to get him. Another option that's been brought up that could be more likely, though also seems kind of dim, is, is them trading to acquire Case Keenum. Case Keenum would probably fit more of a Joe Flacco role, a very similar role to what he's doing now, probably more likely to play in the stead of Zach Wilson. Um, but Case Keenum could be a target for them, a significantly cheaper get from the Texans, and could possibly be it. I think the far more likely solution for the Jets is that they approach either Joe Flacco or some other free agent quarterback. With the free agent market being the way it is with quarterbacks, there's probably someone who is better than Davis Mills or as good that they could probably pay the same amount or less to come in on a one-year deal and play backup and hope that Aaron Rodgers is ready and wants to play for them next season. So I don't think the Texans are where they turn to get that. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before, but it's not in the cards in my mind. I have said it a few times, and so have a couple other Texans fans. Dalton Reisner, guard for the Denver Broncos last year, is still a free agent. He is a starting caliber guard, and I guess no one's making the call. I've seen a couple of fan bases clamoring for their team to pick him up. If there was ever a team that was in need of a starting caliber guard that could acquire him very soon, just based off of how injuries have gone, how things are going so far this season, with Kenyon Green out for the year, it would seem like the Texans are firmly in that conversation. I There's some people that say there's some questions on the money end of it. I would say at this point, if Reisner is not employed, I don't think money is, is an issue. At least it shouldn't be, unless he's waiting for the right offer from a team that'll pay him what he thinks he's worth, or maybe, I don't know. But I there's no reason for me to believe the Texans shouldn't be pursuing him. He recently posted a picture on Twitter of him at an airport, and um, you know me, I zoomed in, looked at the... Uh, the flight times for, for Houston and based on the timestamp of the tweet is very possible he was flying to Houston, but that is still unconfirmed information and no one knows. But all that to say in this short little discussion, Dalton Reisner should, or at least something should be done on the offensive line side of things if we want CJ Stroud to have a good year. And Dalton Reisner to me should be top priority to sign because left guard is a glaring hole in this offensive line. This week, the Texans have their home opener against none other than division rival, the Colts. And this matchup has significance for multiple reasons, one of them being the division rival part. But I think the biggest reason that it has significance is this is the first time that we're going to see two rookie quarterbacks play each other this season with Anthony Richardson and CJ Stroud. Both of them had good games in different ways. Both teams lost last week. And so there's a lot to be proven in this matchup. Last year, when the Texans played the Colts to start the season, it ended in a tie at home, and no one was happy about that for a lot of reasons. I have reason to believe 
that this is a matchup the Texans can win. And and by can win, I mean I have a lot of confidence that they should win this matchup. Our defense held Lamar Jackson to a an abysmal 160-something yards with one interception and 24 rushing yards. So if we neutralized a guy like Lamar Jackson, who's to say that the defense cannot neutralize Anthony Richardson? The Colts' defense, I don't know. I mean, they lost a lot of pieces. I, they kind of did all right, I guess, against Jacksonville, but still Lawrence did his thing. And so once again, it's a matter of, is this Colts front seven going to be able to run past this not amazing offensive line? Can the Texans make the improvements they need to on the offensive line? If Stroud has the protection he needs, there's no reason to believe that he won't absolutely obliterate this Colts secondary. I mean, he's, he's proven that he can take care of the ball. All he's looking for is a touchdown and the time to throw. And maybe we'll see significantly less throws with as much, if not more yards, right? So I think this is a matchup that the Texans should very much be in and definitely win. There's a couple of other things to talk about with this matchup. There's no Jonathan Taylor. I mean, that's a short sentence. That's really all you have to say about it. We, we're looking at the Colts running Zach Moss, Deion Jackson, Evan Hull. There's so many no-name running backs that are going to come in, which is a dangerous thing for the Texans in the past, but this defense kind of stepped up and, and muted the Ravens, even Lamar Jackson, who I was concerned might roll out and run all over the Texans. And so with that, Jonathan Taylor's absence could be more important than it usually would be against the Texans' run defense. The Texans lost Petrie in the middle of last game, and Ward did not play. So in terms of starting safeties, I'm looking to see how the injury report looks and if they, they'll be back. Now, Petrie left the game and was held at a Baltimore hospital overnight for observation because he was coughing up blood and had a bruised lung. I do not know what the recovery time on it is, but based on what I just described, I'm not necessarily, I'm not like, oh yeah, he's definitely going to play this week, but I, I don't know if that's something that would hold him out from this next game. And then Jimmy Ward seemed like he might play last week, so. I, who knows, maybe we'll see him come back this week, but I'd be excited to see it. And additionally, other, the other injuries like Fant, Fant's listed at the top of the depth chart unofficially. Is he ready to come back and start this week? Those, those are the things I'm looking for in this matchup with the Colts right now. Um, it's a division game and anything can happen. So that is another reason for me to believe that the Texans can 100% win this game. Um, I definitely feel like when I'm looking at the team stacked against each other. This is a pretty, this is going to be a good matchup, but I think the Texans should be able to come out with the dub here. I, I'm going to go ahead and, and drop my prediction. So for this matchup, I'm going to go the route of the Colts Jaguars game. I think it'll be a very similar go, um, especially if CJ Stroud finds himself in the way that makes him look like Trevor Lawrence. Um, I would say that this could be a matchup that's like 34 to 24. It'll be like a 10-point game in favor of whichever team wins it, um, and I believe that's the Texans. Well, thanks for watching. If you liked what you saw, as I said at the beginning of the video, if you could like, comment, subscribe, or do whatever it is that happens on the platform you're receiving this on, I would really appreciate it. It helps out a lot. Now, before I go into closing, just this is Texans Takes with James Roy, but there are changes on the horizon, so if the day, time, name, or anything of this changes, just know that we're working that out right now. So be prepared for changes to happen with what I am doing here soon. If you don't know, well, I'm here to tell you, 
The PSF app, Pro Sports Fans, is an app with chat room, live sports viewing events um, where fans watch sports with fans. I'm a media caster for the Texans on this app, and I would love it if you'd hop on and download the app and join the Texans chat room so that we can talk Texans with each other. Pretty active in that forum. It's a great place to reach me if you want to talk ball because I check that all the time and would love to hear what y'all have to say about the Texans. Thanks for watching, and until next time, stay classy and H-Town forever.